I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Never Gets Old, a first-hand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. This is a podcast about secondhand fashion, but also sustainable fashion and what this movement means for our planet, our wallets, our lives. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my producer, Sarah Lane. Hello, Mare. Uh, nobody can see me because this is an audio-only podcast, but I happen to be wearing my very favorite consignment kind of button-up cowboy shirt. I've had it for... Damn near 20 years. I don't know. Maybe not that long, but it's been a while. I love it so much. It's soft. It's supple. It cost me $5 and I will never get rid of it. That's the best. It's never the most expensive stuff that you love the most. I keep destroying. Like, I don't know what you wear for jammies, but I'm not a woman who like wears like girly jammies. I like do like a Winnie the Pooh situation. So I'm wearing a t-shirt and no bottoms. Um, but I'm, I'm always picking a favorite vintage t-shirt to sleep in. And then I'm a very much a creature of habit and then I just destroy it. So like I have one that's really on its, its last legs. Yeah, there, it's funny. We, in, in our t-shirt episode, we talked about our favorite t-shirts and I mentioned that I have my Vans off the wall, uh, t-shirt that for just whatever reason, it's just stood the test of time. It doesn't make any sense why it's lasted as long as it has. But my cowboy shirt currently on my bod, same thing. It just kind of is still like it's it's as cute as it was, you know, when I got it. And it was at a such a steep discount that, you know, I don't know. It just goes to show you what you can find. Yeah. And you just can't get rid of it. Yeah. The the shirt I'm currently destroying, I need to find a backup for. But I just have to sacrifice that vintage T-shirt and know that I will never wear it during the daytime. Because once something transitions into something you sleep in, you can no longer wear it in the daytime. It feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're you're wearing your pajamas in public. Maybe no one else knows, but you know. Exactly. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about the potential death of fast fashion and what that means and what even is that. And then this new movement called slow fashion. What is it? What does it mean for you? Uh, What does it have to do with sustainable fashion? Secondhand fashion is a huge part of slow fashion. Uh, Some new terms, new industry terms, and things are changing in the fashion universe. Well, my first reaction, and and please uh, let me know if I'm on the right track here, is... This sounds like food, right? 
you got fast food. People know what that is. Fast food has now been sort of synonymous with shitty food, but food that is priced more cheaply and you can get it easily. Maybe you don't even have to get out of your car, you know, at the drive through type thing. But then there's the slow food movement, which I think people are less familiar with. But if you care enough to know about it, it's the idea of local, sustainable stuff that's actually better for you, stuff that might cost more, but in the in the long run, it's supposed to be better as humans to, you know, to to live and work and, and exercise and all of that stuff. So is that what fast fashion is kind of, we're we talking about the same thing here? Pretty similar. Um, and if you're new to it, never gets old, or you're interested in secondhand fashion, it's all about giving clothes another life and extending their wearability and slowing it down. So yes, fast fashion is similar to fast food in that it's quick, it's easy, it tastes delicious, you feel kind of shitty after, um, but it's it's an easy option and one that in that moment feels really good. So what does fast fashion mean? Fast fashion brands are like a Zara, an H&M, a Forever 21, and then we'll talk about even faster fashion uh, that proliferates all over Instagram. But we're seeing its decline. And what do I mean by that? Well, Forever 21, uh, long purveyor of my going out tops in college, uh, has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah, I was surprised about that. Um, But maybe I shouldn't be because, as you mentioned a few episodes back, so is Barney's, you know, super high end department store. I've been around, you know, my whole life, certainly like, wow, Barney's is filing, you know, for bankruptcy. But Forever 21 filing, which doesn't mean that the stores are going to go away, but it does mean that, you know, there's some financial problems within the company and there's some restructuring that has to happen, does lend itself to, okay, well, the people who are shopping there aren't shopping there as much anymore. Yeah, and I think it really has to do with, so Forever 21 skews younger, I would say. Um, You know, I'm more at the like Forever 35, which is the name of an amazing podcast. Um, But it's, I remember, I mean, I, I loved Forever 21. I don't shop there anymore because everything I buy is secondhand and I want the, the quality isn't very good. It's the same idea. It's, you know, flash in the pan, hyper trendy, feels great in the moment and you can maybe wear it twice and you put it in the washing machine and it like disintegrates. Um, but it's, I definitely think a huge marker of Gen Z, the next generation, currently teenagers, I'm in college and they're understanding of first of all their love of thrifting which I think is aided by Depop which I'll I'll highlight in a second but um their attention to climate and how much waste we have with fashion you know one of the reasons why I wanted to start it never gets old was to talk about secondhand and what that meant to me and how you could you know incorporate that into your closet but I think everyone everywhere is just getting more conscious of the water and the waste involved in the fashion industry and particularly in the fast fashion industry. I also think that and anybody who you know knows more about this please weigh in and and give us feedback but you know when I first heard about IKEA I was a little kid. IKEA has existed in Sweden for a very long time. Before it hit the US it was kind of this like, ooh, neat. Oh, wow. That's like a, you know, a Scandinavian brand where they seem to have everything and the prices are really good kind of thing. I, I sort of 
use that as like the marker of fast fashion, even though Ikea is more home furnishings than than fashion, but it it spurred several other companies, uh, H&M being one of them, also a Swedish brand, um, but was very, very, very big in Germany where some of my family lives before it ever hit the U.S. or before it hit the U.S. in any way that anybody here was talking about it. It was my first kind of dipping the toe into like, wait, why is all this stuff so cheap? And, and you know, that my European cousins were like, well, why is everything in America so expensive? I mean, it should be cheap, right? It explodes to a point where then it doesn't know what to do with itself. And it does become sort of a polluting and, and, and problematic company for the world at large. Uh, yes. And it got out of control. So, you know, there, H&M is one of the fast fashion uh, companies that is came out committed to sustainability and had their conscious line and their new, uh, I just looked at their new collaboration with Pringle of Scotland, a really popular brand in the UK. They just did a collaboration and it's all made from like recycled materials and they, they were on it for a while. Um, but it got out of control. If you've ever stepped into a Zara or a Forever 21 sales section, like that's all you need to see to look at the waste that exists. Like, you know, I'm willing to paw through some stuff at Forever 21 once in a blue moon, but you go into that sales section and you're just like, holy shit, there's so much stuff. Um, And a lot of it just, you know, they are not particularly clear about how they're disposing of it. Um, And we just have too much stuff. The amount of water necessary to churn out these designs all the time the labor practices the ink going into rivers all of those things so fast fashion is i wouldn't say sunsetting but it's definitely having a uh instance of having to contend with what it's created and so you know forever 21 filed for bankruptcy i think we'll see it come back in a very different way you know we have zara which pledged uh to have all sustainable materials i believe by 2025 these fast fashion brands are like fuck uh we are screwed because the next generation doesn't want to shop at our stores and we have to you know now say we're gonna try and i think it really remains to be seen whether or not that is something to say because a lot of brands are saying that um, even very, very high end ones like LVMH, which is a holding company that owns many, many luxury brands and most recently purchased Stella McCartney. Uh, Stella McCartney, Paul McCartney's daughter, is a prolific, amazing fashion designer who has been committed to uh, you know, vegan leather, sustainable practices for a long time. And she was bought by LVMH. And I think, you know, those major brands, there was just an article that came out uh, questioning whether or not Stella McCartney can really sort of translate those values to the rest of luxury brands. I'm not sure that they want to hear it. And I consider that part of fast fashion. It's different. It's a much higher price point, but it is churning stuff out every single season and sooner than that. I think that that, you know, going back to the food analogy again, people who want to spend more to get better quality and and feel better about their purchases okay i mean you're going to spend more if you don't spend more well okay you have that option too 
And that is the same thing with fashion. So if a company like Bloomingdale's, like you mentioned, Mayor, a few weeks back, had a pop-up store that was, you know, um, showcasing sustainable stuff, secondhand stuff, was kind of like, you know, dipping their toe in the water of like, I don't know, maybe we could associate ourselves with, with something that seems kind of hip and cool and also helpful to our customers. But, you know, if Forever 21 does that, does that customer who's already who's already pretty, you know, guaranteed a certain price point, are they going to pay more for something that helps them feel more sustainable? I'm not sure. That's that's a tougher sell. I'm not sure either, and I don't know what this will yield. I think that all of these brands and all fast fashion is, you know, having this moment where they have to say they're committed to sustainability and maybe they'll do reusable materials, but the writing might already be on the wall. I mean, here's the thing that's difficult. Like, you know, if you're into fashion and you're into trends, um, you're going to want the latest and greatest. And if you can't afford the designer version, which most of us cannot, you have these fast fashion options. And they were an option for me for a while until I realized, and I realized this very early on, I'm lucky, this is what, you know, it never gets old in the world of secondhand fashion has to do with sustainable fashion, is I realized that I could look at the trends. I care about being fashionable. I care about being on trend, maybe more than I'd like to admit. And I realized that, I didn't want to go to Forever 21 and buy the stuff that I felt was crappy. And then I couldn't afford the high-end designer stuff. So what I would start to do is pull looks from magazines or, you know, street style photos or online and look to replicate them with secondhand clothing. And my argument is that you can be on trend because I believe there's nothing new under the sun by looking back um, into secondhand, into thrift, and really then also put your own spin on it. So why are also these fast fashion businesses not doing well? 90% of Depop users are under the age of 26, uh, which is a wild statistic. Depop. Depop is a European-owned and started uh, sort of virtual thrift store. It is, I would say, one of the resale apps that I am least familiar with because I'm not a cool teen on the internet. Uh, Never was with my AOL screen name. Um, But that statistic that 90% of Depop users are under the age of 26 means that the traditional Forever 21 consumer, I mean, first of all, when I was a teenager or a young adult or in college, like the online shopping was pretty limited. And so I would go to these stores. I remember in college, I really wanted like a fur vest. And I found this woman with a consignment store in Philadelphia. And it was like a fur vest with sweater sleeves. And I bought it from her and befriended her and like cut the sleeves off again with scissors, me destroying everything. But now young people can look to the internet and thrifting is cool and it's seen as I would also argue with the resurgence of 90s fashion like a huge part of of being fashionable now so forever 21 I mean I don't know when forever 21 actually dropped in the states but I never saw it until man after I was even out of college but I grew up in a small town there were no malls there was a mall like in the next city over so you'd like go there if you like really really cared about like department store stuff But the mall was a place where you would go. You'd have lunch there. The parents would drop you off there in the, you know, in the morning, pick up at 5 p.m. type thing. Maybe you'd see a movie. It was a whole destination. And so many of these stores just flourished because, you know, young people like the Depop people that you're talking about now used to go to malls. 
I don't think that's the case anymore. I'm not saying that, you know, malls are dead, but they're not thriving. Oh, they're, mall, they're, malls are dead. They're dying. Malls are dead. Um, there's amazing photography and like really spooky. Like I think it was a Stranger Things had abandoned, like abandoned malls. People, kids don't go to malls anymore. Um, they play, they play on the internet. Like I would. Yeah. Beg. Cause they don't have to, there's no, like you don't have to go somewhere to do the fun stuff. It's no. more fun just from your computer. A hundred percent. Or your mobile you, device. And you don't have to move. And like, I remember begging my parents to drive me. There were no malls. I grew up in, in DC, uh, city itself. And Montgomery mall was like the Mecca. It's like 20, 25 minutes away. And it's what's the brand like West century i don't even know the mall brand westfield uh, westfield probably. yes yes, yes. Westfield's and the big one and yeah. i would get dippin dots i would go <laughs> to auntie ann's and get a pretzel with the cheese dip like that's still still absolutely delicious still little would Sparrow, buy a little orange julius yeah like 12 out of 10 would buy dubai and penn station when i'm in new york will buy that auntie ann's pretzel with the double cheese sauce please I would like to be just like take a bath in that cheese sauce and I would go to the varying stores and I would go to Hollister and I would go to Abercrombie and I would go to Lids. I would go to Forever 21. Uh, kids aren't doing that now. And honestly, what they're really doing is buying fast fashion on Instagram. So we aren't even ta- like if if Forever 21 is fast fashion, I don't know what we call some of these Instagram hyper speed hyper loop fashion. I'm talking about Fashion Nova, Boohoo, um, Storitz, Sheen, like they're, what are those? Those are Instagram heavy, multi, some of them are multi-billion dollar operations as Fashion Nova is that rip stuff off faster than Forever 21 can blink. You know, you mentioned the Instagram brands. There are there's something about being able to photograph something well, maybe add a little, you know, video in there when the ad scrolls, when the rest of us are looking at all of our friends, you know, pictures from their last cool vacation type thing where there is less and less accountability for who what brand is this? You know, who made this? That that's a cool dog bed. Seems like the price is right. Like, and this is, you know, I use that as an example because this has actually happened to me before. Like, I kind of just sort of fell prey to this looks great. Yeah, this looks really kind of like, like all the kids are talking about it type thing. No, it was just a shitty product made by somebody who I could never get a hold of when I tried to, you know, contact customer support after the dog bed fell apart after a week. And that's the problem with fast fashion now. You have a lot of small companies who are, what are those companies? Nobody knows. Nobody knows who the CEO of any of these companies are. Nobody even really cares. They're just like, oh, that's like a cool shirt. I just want that right now. A hundred percent. And these brands that I'm talking about, the ones that are peddled to on Instagram, first of all, you're primed to be looking at images of shiny, happy people just showing you the projected life that they want you to think they have, which is fake. It's just fake. I will still look at it and maybe sometimes feel bad. I try to unfollow people that make me feel bad, but you can't avoid the ads. You can't avoid the ads for the stuff that looks cute and it's photographed right. And like, you can't tell that like when that model takes it off, it like bursts into flames. But like with a Fashion Nova, I mean... It makes Forever 21 and Zara seem very slow. Uh, you know, they can turn things around like the, that week. 
like literally that week. We don't know enough about worker conditions. The quality is terrible, but it's in exactly the right way to peddle it to you. You're already feeling like other people have a better life than you. And oh, look at this cute top. Maybe you can wear it on Instagram. And one of the things that's really bad about those brands in particular is I will say, so like there is no shame in buying fast fashion. I, you know, still have some Zara pieces, uh, buy from H&M Conscious, and a lot of that stuff you can resell in thrift stores or resale shops. Um, it moves very quickly, and that's totally cool. That's totally fine. You can still buy that stuff, and you can sell it. I buy some of it secondhand. I mean, then it's even cheaper. Like, secondhand Zara is everywhere in consignment and resale shops, and it's really, really cheap. My favorite leather jacket, it's definitely not made of leather, is a secondhand Zara jacket and I think I paid you know $12, $15 for it so like no shame in that but a problem if you are looking at these Instagram brands is they have no resale value so I've seen some Fashion Nova be bought in thrift stores and resale shops but if you're really going for churning out that like I want that one Instagram model look the next day you can't resell it. You know one of the other and you know not to get too technical about all this stuff but one of the other things that I've I've noticed is when it comes to, yes, a fast fashion brand that you're going to see on an Instagram or a Facebook or throughout the web when you're browsing, you know, kind of just going through your life because cookies will follow you, right? There will be a brand where, and there's one in, in particular, Carbon 38, which actually has some really nice stuff, but I bought something from Carbon 38 like a year ago. And I mean, those are most of my ads now. So Carbon 38 is literally knocking on my door every five seconds being like, do you want more of this garbage? Do you want more of this garbage? Do you want more of this garbage? And because of the nature of the internet, it's harder for me to ignore that. And I, you know, it's not the same as me being like, oh, I have to drive to the mall and then like see that shirt and decide that I want it kind of thing. So the whole, you know, the, 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 the way that we go from kind of, uh, desire to purchase is very different. 100%. And it's really dangerous. I mean, sometimes, like, I am the meme queen. I love memes. Like, I follow, like, two kinds of accounts on Instagram. I follow memes and I follow fashion. And sometimes I get confused by the ads because I think they are memes about fashion. <laughs> or, like, fashion about me. Like, I, it, it's getting sneakier and sneakier. Some influencers, a lot of influencers are endorsing these hyper loop, hyper speed, fast fashion sites. And, yeah, you literally click on it once and it you never like it, it it literally haunts you for the rest of your life i am someone who helps a lot of people find beautiful secondhand designer shoes for their weddings and at any given moment i am being served like 55 fucking ads for like a metallic <laughs> jimmy choo stiletto that i looked at one time on the real real for a friend um i need to like click the option like for a friend but advertising is getting more and more aggressive and Instagram, it's so easy. Like not only do you not have to go to a website, like now with Instagram shopping features, like it's dangerous and I understand why a lot of people buy it and a lot of people want to look this way and like it looks smoking hot for 10 minutes. And and like even with some of Forever 21 and Zara and H&M, as I was saying, like you can resell a lot of that stuff. A lot of thrift stores, a lot of resale shops will take it because it moves really quickly and people want it because a lot of times it's on trend. But like if you're going after the Instagram stuff, like it sucks because, again, it's contributing to the waste problem because you can't 
you can't resell it. It's so flash in the pan. It's so hyper trendy. It's so like whatever X, Y, and Z celebrity wore last week that someone can't resell that. That doesn't hold any value. So it's definitely something to think about. But, you know, I want to hear from It Never Gets Old listeners. I, as I said, I'm not judging if you participate in any of this fast fashion, but I want to hear about your experiences with reselling it, with, you know, how long it lasts for you. Like, in my experience, those items, it's funny, I have a couple Zara items. I think that Zara is the highest quality of all of these quote unquote fast fashion that I still have and that I keep. And uh, it's better in Europe, which is a real dick thing to say, but it's true. And so I, I hold on to it, but it's again, just contributing to this fast fashion waste problem. So if all of this is fast fashion, the opposite is slow fashion. Slow fashion is something that is coming into play and coming on trend. So it means uh, buying things that are higher quality, that are secondhand, extending the life of fashion garments. And in the way that with, you know, slow food, where does your food come from? What is on your body that was, you know, the continuing the analogy on your plate uh, that is now something you consume, just being more conscious consumers? I think that's great. Um, it's great for like a few reasons. And, you know, some of it is sort of hippy dippy, like, I want to know, you know, who like made my shirt, you know, and like, and, you know, uh, stitched the collar from the mountain in Peru kind of thing. It's like, yeah, there's a little bit of that going on, but it actually does matter. It does matter. And it matters as much as, you know, I think that when you think of consumption, the easy part is being like, yeah, like food, like something that you put in your body and is going to like make you feel a certain type of way, you know, whether it's good or bad type thing. But clothing is the same thing, but just like a hundredfold. You're going to be wearing this garment for, I mean, if you're lucky, again, you know, in slow fashion is kind of promising this whole thing for like a decade plus. So yes, a hundred percent. And I think that with Instagram, with social media, with feeling like there's a lot of, I hate to use the term fake news, but a, like an obfuscation of truth, feeling like a lot of things are being hidden from us more than ever. I think consumers want radical transparency. Um, I think the next generation is demanding it. I think that current consumers are demanding it. If you look at things that are popular, a lot of direct-to-consumer brands that are like, we're no longer lying to you about the markup is a huge, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a marketing ploy, but also people now want to know what they're consuming and how they're consuming it. And that has finally extended to clothing. And slow fashion is about buying things that'll last, buying things that are high quality, just slowing it down. And I mean, I obviously endorse that with It Never Gets Old and this idea that giving clothes a second life, a third life, the nicer stuff you buy, the longer life it can have after you. And and you can think about, you know, passing on higher quality things and then where you put your money tells these brands like hey you need to make higher quality things at a slower pace this is just the beginning of our conversations on slow fashion i do want to highlight the difference between eco fashion and slow fashion eco fashion actually has way more to do with the actual materials things being 
sustainable, organic, without chemicals. Slow fashion is just about being more conscious. Eco fashion, I think, takes that to the next level in that, you know, only buying things that are recycled, only buying things that, you know, have certain, have passed certain regulations for a lack of chemicals, or if you think about like clean beauty, things that, um, all of this is trending in this direction of people wanting to know what we're putting on ourselves and what we're putting our money towards. opinions on fast fashion and on slow fashion i want to hear from you if you're someone who loves boohoo and you love fashion nova and you're like i stand and i will continue to wear it i want to hear about it and if you are someone that resells a lot of zara or buys a lot of zara secondhand tell me about that experience too this is part of a huge conversation it's part of the reason why i started this podcast to just say that we can give things a longer life you can make money and you can wear awesome stuff that that isn't going to break the bank and then break sort of our world and our ecosystem and planet and our oceans so you can find us online at ingopodcast.com. You can shoot us an email at hello at ingopodcast or slide into the DMs at any time uh, on Twitter and Instagram at ingopodcast. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I will be back soon with all things new, old, and in between. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.